1: Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher.
2: Good morning, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you bless us and you love us and you saved us. And so, Father, we're so grateful for you sending your son for us, Lord, sinners, saved by your son's grace and your, your grace, Lord. So, Father, we give this time to you, Lord, and ask you, Lord, to lead and guide us. And Lord, touch the hearts of those that are listening and watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are in Psalm 119. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background, not that I know a whole lot about it, but Psalm 119 is smack dab in the middle of the Bible. So if you're looking at your Old and New Testament, it is right in the middle. And I always say to people, if you ever want to find Psalms, just go to the middle of your bible and open up and you'll get you'll get to psalms so um psalm 119 not only is it the longest ch- chapter in the bible with 176 verses but almost every single verse mentions god almost every single verse i say i think all for all for about maybe 10 i didn't count them But it brings glory to the Lord. And so you can almost pray every verse and give glory to the Lord in this. Also, you know, it doesn't give a writer as to who wrote this. Some people think that it has Dave, uh, I mean, uh, David, King David all over it. And other people think that it was written much sooner, much earlier, you know, the at, right about the exile of um the Jews, I mean the Israelites or things like that. But whatever whoever wrote it was it was penned by the hand of God through, you know, a person. And it does bring glory to him. So also um I should say that it is such a long um, book that it is separated by The alphabets in the Hebrew language. So, um, obviously the first few verses are Aleph, which is the first, um, uh, alphabet in the Hebrew language. And we did that last week. So we're on Beth. Um, and so, um, if you go through there, there's about eight, eight verses in every single, um, Division of verses, and so we're we're in Beth today. Um, so, thank you, Lord, for your Word. We pray that you give us understanding of your Word. And I'm reading out of the NIV. How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your Word? I seek you with my with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands i have hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you praise be to you o lord teach me your decrees with my lips i recount all the laws that come from your mouth i rejoice in the following in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Um, I won't say very much more about that. Only that you can see that in every verse, it brings God into it. I will seek you with my heart. My, all my heart. I mean, it's so beautiful. So, um, take a look at that. I'm going to be, um, um, dividing it just the way it's dividing it as I get through, um, Psalms. But I would like to introduce my guest to you. I know that I met her probably, I'm going to say five or six years ago. Not, not more than that, I don't think. Um, because maybe, maybe even seven years at the very most. And we met at church, and we had done a couple of things together, I've been on the phone. But what I do remember is buying her book and going through um, getting together with the Lord in 30 days and building on that. I do that anyway, but the 30 days is just a really good way of getting in this, I, I don't want to say habit, but just in, in that right frame every single day, getting that book out, getting, and her book is great. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, using it side by side with the Bible and just opening up your day in such a pleasant way. And I remember going online and, you know, she would have this little chat with us Um and it was so great because sometimes she'd be out in her backyard and it was wonderful. But I do remember that time. And we've done some ministry together, too. And I've been trying to get her on for at least a year. But our schedules finally merged, And so here she is, Tamara Doss. <laughs> yeah, Welcome. Hi, Rody. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. Oh, well, you must feel at home here because you two had a show here for at least a couple of years that I can think of. Mm -hmm.
3: Two years, I think two and a half years, maybe. But uh, I do feel at home. As soon as I walked in the door, I was like, oh, home. Yeah, It is a beautiful place to be and doing God's work. And I'm so proud of you.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I am so proud
3: of you that you answered yes to his call and that you've moved forth obediently, aggressively, not in a negative
2: way, but boldly with courage well thank you so much okay so for the audience that has never watched your program and and i think your program is still on yes youtube and you can look it up um and i remember it was fridays and i think okay friday's 12 o'clock right Yes. where is very good can i get my phone out and, and i think it was and, 10 to 12 10 to 12 because then i would have lunch next door <laughs> yeah we can do that after but, okay, so for your for the audience that had hasn't heard your testimony yes. or read your book and tell us a little bit about your background so we can get to know you better,
3: okay, well, I just had a birthday. shall we start with that? Well, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. I am fifty six years old, and I say that very proudly uh no actually i'm fifty seven I just turned fifty seven and I am married to Reggie Dawes, who we have been married for seventeen years. Well, congratulations! Actually, going on eighteen, and uh, we have a son that is eighteen. That will be nineteen soon. We have a uh, son that is fifteen, and he's a ninth grader. And we have a fourteen-year-old who's a ninth grader. And uh, I left this radio show. I was, uh, you know, I did not negotiate. Uh, Probably a lot like you on this journey you're on now. I didn't negotiate with God when He told me to homeschool. I didn't sit and find out the details of the contract. I said, yes, Father. And uh, I didn't know I'd be laying all of those things down, but we've been homeschooling for the last three years. And so my family became my first priority, my children, and setting up school at home and all the challenges that uh, I would face there. Wow. And I've uh, been, uh, I, I released my first book probably five years ago. And we're getting ready to release our second book uh, May 6th here in Corona at Crossroads Church. Wow. And then we have the, the three other books that will be following suit. Hopefully, one or two or three may be released this year. We'll see.
2: Wow. I'm yeah. really, really proud of you. Thank you. Okay. So let's go way back. Let's <laughs> go way back to um, As You Grew Up. Um, tell me. You know, I teach third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. Um, so elementary school kids. Um, I remember the first time I asked my class, tell me who you think Jesus is. And I got a litany of answers. And at the time, my class was about 30 kids. And, um, I remember pe- kids saying, well, it's the reason we celebrate Christmas, isn't it? Um, isn't it? Jesus's and Santa Claus's birthday, and I went. Oh my <laughs> gosh, he's sharing billing with Santa Claus. <laughs> and but I remember distinctly one kid saying to me that the only time he hears Jesus's name is when his parents are fighting, and it just really grieved my heart. Was so as a child, did you go to church? Who was Jesus <clears> to you?
3: Uh, as a child, I think. I didn't really know Jesus. Um, I knew God, and I didn't know Him through any kind of personal relationship, but I knew God as I knew that there was a God, and I knew that He existed, but I didn't know much more about Him. Wow. Um, I knew that He was in existence, just as the Bible said. I didn't know at the time, but through His creation, He truly has made it obvious to us. And so as a child, not having a relationship or knowing Him in you know personal relationship, um, it was obvious to me that there was a God because of the magnificence in everything I could see, smell, and hear. Right. But Jesus, I don't think I knew anything about Jesus and definitely not the Holy Spirit. Um, grew up in a home that, again, we had a church and my parents were confirmed at their church. And... uh even though my mom doesn't like this part of my testimony, it's truth, <laughs> and that is that there would be Sunday mornings where they would take us kids to church, drop us off, and then come back to pick us up because we needed God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they already knew Him. They, yes, yeah. that we needed
3: God, and so it, it was true. I wouldn't say we did that on a regular basis, but there were times where we would go. Um, I think when I was in eighth grade, a friend of mine, Laura Geyser. And her family took me to their church. And I praise God for that because I did start going to church with some foundation. Didn't change my life, didn't accept Christ, but I gathered knowledge. Um, again, more concentration and consecration on the fact that I knew there was a God, but still didn't know the depth of Him.
2: Yeah, I find that the average, well, every human being is born with an innate feeling sense that is there a God or is there not a God? And and somewhere along the line, um, they make a decision towards a God or towards no God. Amen. And somewhere in the middle where they think there's a God, but they just don't know who He is and haven't given him a name. But there's a desire to to kind of as we grow, you know the Bible says that Jesus stands and knocks on the door and I believe it's on the door of our heart and I believe he knocks daily um and, and hopes that um someone will open the door and let him in and that he could sup with us and we with him. Um so there's a sense of um God and I can remember as a kid um thinking, Who are you God? And, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but it doesn't mean that I knew God. I didn't know him until I was 23. But there is that sense of filling that God shaped hole with something. It may be themselves. It may be things, but it's something. Mm -hmm. And for you, there was a vastness of the, this earth and maybe the universe that said, spoke to you. Nature spoke to you and said, you know, I'm
3: God. Yeah. Not in a way that he filled that hole, because I do agree with you. We, we, we stuff a lot of things in that hole trying to find our peace that only God can provide. Um, I, I think it was just an awareness and an acknowledgement. Like I would never deny that there was no God. Like I, I knew that I knew that I knew there was a God. I just didn't have the bridge or. You know, I didn't know his spirit in that sense to bridge that gap for me.
2: So what were what was going on in your life um, at the time that you think, okay, I need to cross that bridge? I need to, uh, you know, that you understand, number one, that you're a sinner. Number two, that Jesus came and died for you um, and that you were really going to follow him. When did that happen, and what was your life all about at the time?
3: Yeah, so as you're asking me that question, like all these different pictures pop into my head. I mean, I did have my brother who was leading me and guiding me that way. My brother was 15 years old when he broke his neck playing football, and he surrendered his life to God, um, probably due to the circumstances Mm -hmm. um, and finding peace in a chaotic world. And so he was my example and my role model, and I... Turned his pages of his Bible that he read daily. Our family would go to different churches to get healed and prayed on with him, and he was the one that was leading and driving our family to that. So I was exposed to it. Um, I even at Seal Beach Calvary did fill the call and go and accept Christ, but I don't believe that I really turned my life around until I was at West Community Friends Church. Um, one day, Pastor Dave Hammond was speaking and. The Spirit just kind of knocked me out with the realization and the real awareness that He was real and wanted a personal relationship with me. Where I wasn't following the lead of others um, at Seal Beach. I had a neighbor downstairs. She was an incredible Christian woman who would, we would go. We'd go on Monday nights to Costa Mesa, Calvary, but I was still living in sin. I still wasn't willing to surrender my life. I wasn't personally digging into the Bible and finding out for me. I was living on somebody else's choice and somebody else's desire. Um, and as strange as it sounds, now I look back, I, I still at that point until I was completely surrendered to the Lord, I'm not sure I felt worthy. Does that make sense? Yes. And, uh, but when I finally surrendered and really it was through my walk and journey at West Community Friends Church, now Corona Friends Church, um, where everything changed. My desire to seek after Him, my desire to pray, my desire to know Him and live by Him um, completely changed, and my life began to transform.
2: Well, you know, I believe that we, as Jesus is knocking on the door of our heart, um, oftentimes we take steps closer. Um, and and changes begin in our lives, but we're getting closer. Now, oftentimes we do take a segue and we join some other, maybe cult, or sometimes there are people that, as they're thinking they're getting closer, they join, you know, an Eastern philosophy, or you know, they become Buddhist or whatever. But they, in this walk, they're in this journey, they are trying to get closer to a God. And so, um, but you're in a church. I mean, you're, you're doing things in a church. And then finally we're all in. And the thing that, that happens, I believe that when you become all in and surrender everything, like your whole life, like your whole life, (laughs) Jesus is the only one that can touch your heart and and make tender your heart. Mold and shape. Yep. And he's the only one that can make that change. We can physically change and start going to church or whatever. But the desire to change comes from him Yeah. when we totally give it up to him. And he knows our hearts, so he can make that change. You know, it's like um, people say, well, I finally made a heart change. No, God you finally got it that this is, you're going to give it all up, and God made the change in your heart. So he does.
3: Yes, he does. And so
2: tell me what happens. What kinds of things that are so significant that you know that it was him that did that?
3: Well, you turn away from your old ways. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, sm- smoking, drinking, if you're doing drugs, if you're having premarital sex, if you're living in sin. Uh, I know when I started dating Reggie, like we would not. I would not live with him before we got married the second round, because uh, I was married before and I had totally transformed from then to now. Right. Um, you do change friends uh, sometimes. You know, you still are a friend of the sinners and you still love and pray for, but the conversation is so different and so old, and it's difficult uh to have depth of conversation. You can have superficial conversation, but not depth. Right. And depth is where real joy lives, not on the surface, but deep in the heart. Yeah. And so you do, you change all of your ways. Uh, you you change the way you think about people, about things, about priorities. Uh, you change the way you respond and react to people, to things, to priorities. Um, your monies even change. I I remember the day even at West County French Church when my when the the Lord just made it so crystal clear through Dave, but it was the Lord who spoke directly to me in that audience, and I surrendered really all my income at that time, not all of it, but what I mean is the tithing concept just was crazy, Um, and it continued to grow as I. Got divorced, and then I became a mother of a a single mother of an adopted son that was three months old, unemployed, and yet I gave more in my tithe because he specifically asked me to, Um, and so I just had surrendered it. And Rodi, that day, my my brother who was paralyzed, living on his own, I was the manager of his funds, and every week we would, or every month, once a month, we'd get together, and I would pay his bills. I would physically write his checks for him. And every single time we got together to write those checks, his first checks, six of them, went to missionaries and ministries or a robber. I mean, and every single time that I wrote those checks, I would look at him and I would call him crazy and I would call him nuts. And I was like, why are you doing this? You know, you're living on such a limited income, which he was. And uh, that day when I got it, At West Kennedy French Church, and I was driving home just going, wow, my 15 year old brother, which he was actually older at the time, but that's how I thought of him. You know, my young, my oldest brother, like, wow, he was so wise for his age because he was a child of God and he knew it and he walked in it with faith and confidence. And it just, it kind of blew my mind that day. It's so called, we surrender our finance too. We it's surrender our time's to-
2: fruits, by the way. Yes, yes. And and then the thing, the thought that comes to mind is the widow's might. When you gave what you gave, it was more than you could afford to give. It was everything. It was everything. So that's that's a change in your heart. Yes, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that change.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. And and that happens. Um. And and. I, I, I so appreciate your candidness and your openness to share that because I've, I've now interviewed, I don't know how many people, but about 150 people. I'm guessing because some of the people I've interviewed more than once and some of the people, unfortunately, I haven't shown their show because, um, they haven't really surrendered to the Lord yet. And, you know, we think we're doing it. We think we're doing it. How do we know? Um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourself. And he's talking to Christians. Paul is. He's talking to Christians. Examine yourself. He's saying this to the Corinthian church. We need to examine ourselves all the time. Are we really in the faith? And, um, and the other scripture that comes to mind is, um, is a scripture, um, you know, Lord, I, I prophesied in your name. Uh, right. I, I, I did healing in your name. Uh, and he says, oh, gosh, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people that are sitting in pews okay. can hear this because you were sitting in a pew. You thought you were you'd known the Lord. I was actually
3: teaching Sunday school. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly.
3: I was. I was I was teaching Sunday school for quite a few years. Because I knew the Lord, I loved the Lord, but I hadn't surrendered
2: my life to the Lord. There's a huge difference in giving it all. I mean, I, I love the story of um, um, when, when John and James dropped their nets they, to follow Jesus, they gave it all up. This was their income. Um, they probably had other people on their boat that they paid for to be there. They they left their nets behind. They left the boat behind. And not even considering, what about this thing with Jesus? What if it doesn't work out? And then what, what happens? No, it's it all means all. Give it all up. So you did. And there was a difference. There was a, a change that you couldn't make on your own. It's only a change that comes when you surrender everything to him.
3: Yeah, and I, th- I think when you know there's change, at least for me, I didn't like see the change in myself constantly like, oh, look at me or I'm changing. It was when I heard and saw others that saw the change um, because, you know, this this growth and change had continued so deeply to when I did go through a divorce. And honestly, I think that was when my light shined the brightest, even though I was the most broken.
0: That's the end of part one. Tune in next week for part two of this On the Road with Jesus episode.
1: Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled RAH Fisher at on the R-H-O-D-E, with Jesus, dot com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squared be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.